0: Father, we thank you for the privilege you once again have given us to come into your presence. For the blessing of the first session, we say thank you. For that which you have in store for us in the second session, we say thank you. Thank you for the work you have started in every life. Thank you for the things that you will even kickstart in the remaining days of this conference. We give you the thanks because we know that as a result of our experience in your presence... In these three days, it will be evident unto all that of the truth something has shifted in our lives. We give you the thanks and we give you the praise for in Jesus' name we have prayed and given thanks. And everybody say, a Very big amen. amen. Can we celebrate the Lord Jesus? Come on, amen. amen and Amen. You may please be seated. How was the first session? Awesome. And we celebrate Mrs. Ungazi Z. Ata. God bless you. Amen. You know there were some of the things I was talking about, and it was you know some of the things she talked about are some of the things I'm still going to be telling us about, right? So I um, was just like, ah, you're yeah, in the spirit, you're yeah, in the spirit. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you know, I'm um, still going to be having a Q and A session, right? It's a public holiday weekend, so you are not rushing anywhere, are you? Oh, no, you are not. <laughs> so we're still going to be having a Q&A, so I would encourage you, right? I know some of us might have questions in our heart, maybe while she was speaking, right? So um, after my own session, we're going to be having a Q&A. and a Some of the things, you know, she said that I want us to pay attention to is she said you need to recognize God's pattern of dealing with you. Wow, so good to see you. Can we celebrate, my very good friend? Please come forward, come forward, please. Wow, so good to see you, Mrs. Pastor Mrs. Okweolua. Wow, good to have you. Praise God. You know, she said you need to recognize God's pattern in your life. God's pattern. God's pattern. That's very critical. God's pattern. You see, and the thing is, God's way of dealing with everyone is different. So you need to recognize how God deals with you. That's a very critical one. You know, and um, if I remember of this house, you know, I will touch on that. She spoke about marriage. You know, you should have been expecting, I'll say that, how <laughs> she was going to marry someone and um, she just knew that was not the right, you know, um, person to get married to, you know. And um, I think that's very instructive for those of us that are still single, you know. And I love the fact that she was very honest and she was just very real that, you know, when she met the guy, the guy was comfortable and she was like, what else are you looking for? nobody was born to suffer (laughs) now but something just you know made her realize and God had to come to act through the prophetic right that that is not the right person you know and I love the fact that she had a good attitude if it were in this age and time for most people they would have taken offense you see let me tell you this you know know, I've mentioned this a couple of times sometimes when things have been said from the pulpit one of the things I do as a matter of principle right is I don't check people that was especially members of the gateway reason being that i don't want it to taint my sensitivity you know when it comes to hearing from god you know because some people when you preach especially when you are a member of the church and part of a church and your pastor says something some people just assume oh, maybe pastor saw my status maybe pastor did this maybe pastor, in fact there are, in fact I, I i can even say for me the most part maybe except for leaders i hardly follow people too on social media because I don't want people to think that, ah, it's because pastor saw me post this, and it now begins to affect how I can impact you. You see? So she said the pastor came to her. Someone else would have taken offense. I would have said, what is It, it is my life. And she would have paid for it. I strongly believe God was trying to show you what the experience will be. You will be comfortable, but you will be depressed. You know, I think Brata will remember this. About many years ago, there was one of the ladies, you know, I was pastoring, you know, on campus days. And I was not there, but, you know, maybe she didn't have the confidence to tell me. But she told, you know, some of them that uh, she would rather be crying in a Range Rover than be laughing on Okada. You know, and when I had that statement, I knew that obviously she didn't know what she was saying. She didn't know what she was saying. Because anyone that has been through, you know, an abusive marriage, you know, a marriage that's not fulfilling, especially for the woman, they will tell you that they would rather be happy. Right, And when people think like that, it's a reflection of poverty. It's a reflection of poverty. It simply means you have looked at yourself and come to that conclusion that you can never get to a point in your life where you can buy a range by yourself. You have to get it through marriage. So marriage has now become an escape strategy for poverty. You know, and I love the fact that she said that. So, I would encourage every you know. I remember the first time, you know, I've had friends, you know, lived on the island. I've worked on the island, you know, in my consulting days. But the first day I was tempted to live on the island was the day we came to the city, <laughs> When you guys moved, you know, to the new place. You know, I told my wife then. You know, I was just like, oh, Did you start planning to move to the island? You know, there are highlands and there are highlands. and you know, where they stay, you know, they don't use gen in the estate. So, you will not even know you are in Nigeria because life doesn't go. Who would not love to live in that kind of place? You know, but I said that to say this. Imagine if she had made that marital decision because of comfort. Now, she has had that comfort and she's still going to have a greater dimension of comfort. Do you understand? So, I would encourage us, especially ladies. I know guys also do that nowadays. You know, you see a lady working in a nice office. She's comfortable. Just say, ah, this one will save my future. You are going to regret it. It's only a matter of time. You're going to regret it. Praise the Lord. You know, and she also said that, she spoke about moments of silence and waiting. That's not how she put it, but that's how I wrote it. Moments of silence, right? Moments of waiting, where you're about to move from one face to the other. I think the reason why a lot of people don't transition, why they go back to the familiar, is because of that uncertainty that exists, right, between the exit of the hold and the emergence of the new. The truth is it's an uncomfortable place to be in. It's an uncomfortable place to be in. And the problem is many people don't want to experience that discomfort. And if you don't go through that season, you say life will still bring you back to that season. Is either you say God doesn't destroy the works of our hands. But when we step outside of His purpose and His plans for our lives, we make ourselves a easy target for the devil. And what is going to happen is every time you don't step out. Of a season God is telling you to step out of eventually what you are holding on to, you are going to lose it. You are going to lose it. At that time, it's going to be more difficult. You know, I strongly believe one of the toxic messages that has been preached for years is this idea of God is a second chance. Yes, it's a second chance, but I love what she said. You don't know when that second chance is going to be. It might be another 30 years. You know, because that message and that ideology has made many people to just live life anyhow. That God is a second chance. God will always do it. Another opportunity will come. It might never come. Like the illustration I gave us early in the year. Was in last year when I was talking about, you know, um, how to succeed early in life? Imagine you discovering at the age of 40 that God's calling upon your life is to be a footballer. There is no second chance that can bring back that dream. It is forever gone. So when we are saying second chance, you see, you you need to be, because you see... Christianity is all about the renewal, renewal of your mind, not the removal of it. It's not about the. So when people say this, they just. It's as if many times people are not practical, especially those of us that are believers. It's just, I know God will do it. Even if I miss this opportunity, another one will show up. It's my never show up. It's my never show up. Once again, can we celebrate our first speaker? Praise God. So tonight I want to speak very shortly. They already said I should not be saying shortly. (laughs) Now when I say shortly, that's when the message is always long. Praise God. But I'm going to be speaking on repositioning for a quantum leap. Repositioning for a quantum leap. Repositioning for a quantum leap. If I don't finish today, I'm going to finish on Sunday. But I have another message prepared anyway for Sunday. Um, Repositioning for a quantum leap. And tonight I'm going to be using the life of Zacchaeus, Joseph and Daniel as a case study. I'm going to be using Daniel as a case study for repositioning and Joseph and Daniel as a case study for a quantum leap. You see, one of the things we need to understand as believers, um, and I think I did that series earlier this year on Destiny Accelerators, that as believers, we are not, our life is not meant to be chronological in dimension. That is, you are not supposed to, every of the progress in your life is not supposed to be from step 1 to step 2 to step 3 to step 4. If every of your progress in life is in that dimension, when will you get to the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life? It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. So I want us to read from Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 to verse 10. Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 to verse 10. The Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the palace, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide in your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. May the Lord bless reading of his words in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to see what happened in the last phrase. The Bible says, This day salvation comes to this house. For so much as he is also a son of Abraham. The Bible tells us about Zacchaeus here, that he had a disadvantage. His disadvantage was that he was short. He was little in stature. He had a very small stature. And the Bible says that this guy, you know, being a successful guy still had the limitation. And you see, every one of us need to come to that point of realization that there will never be a point in your life where you are not going to have something called the disadvantage. But you see, in spite of your disadvantage, you must learn to look beyond that disadvantage, right? And you see, begin to think about how you can strategically position yourself in spite and regardless of your disadvantage. So you see a man by the name of Zacchaeus. The Bible says he wanted to see Jesus. And everybody, they were already around Jesus. So it was impossible for him to make contact with Jesus. So instead of doing what everybody was doing, trying to see Jesus, the Bible says this guy went ahead of everybody, right? And he positioned himself in a place where Jesus was going to pass through. What that simply means is that the guy had inside, inside knowledge because Jesus could have taken another route. So he probably found out where is Jesus going to take? And the Bible says, right, because it was to pass that way. The Bible says that he climbed the tree. That is, he positioned himself in a place where he could see Jesus and Jesus could see him. One of the things we need to understand is this. Even though it is God's plan and purpose for every one of us to consistently experience a quantum leap. And that is what you see here Jesus saying in the last phrase, the 10th verse. He says, this day salvation comes to your house for so much as is also a son of Abraham. And I've told us time and time again when you give your life to Christ. One of the things that happens is that you are initiated into the covenant of Abraham. The blessing of God is not what comes upon you. Praise God. It's the blessing of Abraham you see you need to understand that on the earth there are people that God has created as systems that if certain things are going to happen in your life you must align with what God has started through them are you hearing what I'm saying this evening so when we give our lives to Christ the Bible makes us to understand in Galatians 3 and verse 13 to 14 it says Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the Lord be made a cause for us for it is written cost is every man that hangs upon the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles not the blessing of God it simply means every blessing that is going to be made manifest on the earth is already domiciled right, in the covenant that God made with Abraham. But in spite of the fact that this guy was the seed of Abraham, and when we gave our lives to Christ, what also happens is that we become the seed of Abraham. Certain things still could not, how you say, the fact that it was the seed of Abraham did not take away his disadvantage. So it simply means that even though you and I, when we give our lives to Christ, certain disadvantages are still not going to leave. And we need to learn to deal with that. We need to learn to deal with that. But in spite of our disadvantages, we must learn and realize that there are things we can do, right, that will make people not to realize we have a disadvantage. For instance, nobody will look at me and say, pastor cannot box. And of the truth, I can't box. If you throw me in a boxing ring, you want to organize my barrier. But nobody thinks about that because it might be a disadvantage, but my attention and my focus is not on that. Nobody looks at Tiger Woods and says that guy cannot even play football very well. Why? Because he focuses on what he's good at. Am I making sense tonight? So you need to understand that every one of us would always have a disadvantage. However, we need to understand that in spite of our disadvantages, God wants us to make progress. And the progress is not meant to be chronological. If there is one thing I want the average person to understand, the average believer, you see, and maybe you might even be tired of hearing it in this house, but I'm not tired of saying it. Because I've come to understand that people don't get something once. They don't even get it the second time. They don't get it the third time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why CNN will tell you the same news 16 times minimum. 16 times. You hear it in the morning, you turn on your TV in the afternoon, you still hear the same thing. You still hear the same thing in the evening. The second day, they will still tell you the same thing. Except when they don't want you to hear certain things. That's when they won't mention it or they just show you it once. Like, let me leave that. (laughs) So what's a quantum leap? A quantum leap is a breakthrough progress and advancement that is often sudden to the public. Attention and focus or emphasis onto the public. A quantum leap is a progress or a breakthrough progress and advancement that is often sudden to the public the second thing you need to understand about a quantum leap is that it is an advancement whose process is not chronological in nature it is an advancement whose process is not chronological in nature the fourth thing you need to understand about a quantum leap is that it violates common sense because it cannot be empirically validated that is you cannot really you know say this is how it happened To the public, you cannot say, "Ah, this is what he did, this is what she did. A quantum leap is a byproduct of principles and practical steps that are unknown to the public. That's the fourth thing you need to understand. In case you don't get that, just get the message after this session. A quantum leap is a byproduct of principles and practical steps that are unknown to the public. That are unknown to the public. That's why Jesus said in Luke 19, verse 42 to 45. It's insane, if you had known, even thou, at least in this your day, the things which belong unto your peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. For the days will come upon you that your enemies will cast a trench about you and compass you round about and keep you on every side. And, you shall, and shall lay you even with the ground. And your children within you. And they shall not leave you in one stone upon another. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. The time of your visitation. So one of the things we need to realize tonight is this. A quantum leaf is a byproduct of principles applied that is unknown to the average person. If you see anybody who is making progress. In, you say, and <laughs> you know, she said 2020. Right? Many of us saw you know, I think some of the memes that was really popular last year, was some people said things like, 2020 should just be deleted in the year, and all those things, you see. And one of the things that I addressed last year, I remember, was telling us, don't think that way. Don't think that way. Even when the lockdown was lifted, a lot of people were still, you know, you'll be surprised, some people are still using COVID to complain till now. Till now, some people are still saying COVID, COVID. When the world is already moving on. You see, that lockdown was some people's best season. It was the best season of some people's life. The best season of some people's life. Going back to the idea of a disadvantage. There would always be a disadvantage. But you must make up your mind that what is a disadvantage to everyone is not going to be my own disadvantage. It's not going to be my own disadvantage. So what are the things that certain people know? When you look at people like Joseph. It seems that CBS, he experienced a 24-hour miracle. Like we pray that God, the way you lifted Joseph. Lifted Joseph In 24 hours, lift me. Now, now, now. (laughs) But what you need to understand is there are things that Joseph did over the years that culminated in that quantum leap. A quantum leap doesn't just happen. There are things that you do that is usually unknown to the public that eventually leads to a quantum leap. That eventually leads to a quantum leap. So it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Fine, there is a place of prayer. But let me tell you this. Prayer is only one of the elements in the equation. If all you do is to pray and you are doing nothing, you might experience a quantum leap, but it's not certain. It's not certain. Am I making sense tonight? It's not certain. But what are the things that you and I need to know? What are the things that if we put to work, it can guarantee a quantum leap? It can guarantee anybody can experience a quantum leap. You need to realize that. It's not that God chooses some people and say, You you will advance in life. You you will stay on the same spot for a long time. You see, the thing about God is this. God does not interfere in whatever he has created. Am I making sense tonight? God does not determine who falls down if you decide to jump up from the top of this building. He has already put a system in place. It's a principle of gravity. That anything that goes up must of necessity come down. Even if you just finish 40 days fasting and pray I dry fast without seeing the sun, if you jump, you must come down. It's a law so God has put laws in place he's not saying ah you because ah this one is a pastor if he jumps let him come down in slow motion It's a law if I jump I might even come down faster because of the anointing <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying tonight so God doesn't decide who expresses the quantum leap. that's why you can see Christians who are very prosperous and see Christians whose emblem is poverty and that's why at the same time you can see a non-believer who is doing well in their field of play and you can see some who are very broke. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, because if you discover the principle of God's word and you put it to work, it's going to work for you. God doesn't decide that, oh no, 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 you. I don't like the way you are looking. You, 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 no, you. It will not work for you. Why do you want do to you express need... a quantum leap? Let's get that out of the way. Because the clarity of motives is very critical. Why you do what you do will always be more important than what, than what you are really doing. Why do you want to express a quantum leap for show-off, for self-aggrandizement? Because the thing about a quantum leap... Remember what she said, that um, in November, within 24 hours, they made the 3 million naira sales. Sorry, in less than... It's not even 24 hours, like 12 hours. Because we were not... <laughs> it's like 12 hours, right? Now, I love what she said. She said she took the money and invested it. They bought a bigger mixer. Not the latest. Is somebody no, here yeah. me? <laughs> invested thousands of dollars in personal development and business development. The question is, when was the last time you invested in yourself? was the last time. You see, I've told us this and I hope I'll be able to get there tonight. Some of us have said things like, I'm not the reading type. it simply means you are not the greatness type. It's as easy as that. Because when you went to school, you had to read. There is nobody that is the reading type trust me there is nobody See, the thing about a habit is that when you practice the habit over time it gets to a point of addiction by the time you get to the point of addiction a neural pathway is formed in the mind right or in the subconscious mind that makes it now difficult for you to live without that thing how do people become smoke addicts right how do people become addicted to tvs they watch tv for numbers of days without even knowing so it got to a point any moment of silence and they have access to a TV, they switch it on. Why how do people become addicted to social media? See, because every one of us here we were not born with social media, right? Nobody with social media, but over time you got used to waking up in the morning and checking WhatsApp first thing in the morning. So it got to the point you did it over a couple of days and you did not know. You know, some people have said anything you do for twenty one days, right? It becomes a habit. It's not true actually. That research is not backed up. and It's not scientifically backed up. The real habit is formed. That's why anything you do in 21 days, you can start getting used to it, but it does not become a habit. It is what you do in 66 days. Consistently. It takes 66 days. The moment you do something for 66 days, it becomes impossible for you to stop it. So what if you decide that this year, 2021, I've gotten to the second quarter of this year. What if you decide that in this second quarter, starting from tonight... I'm going to read 30 minutes every day before I sleep. And not on your mobile device. A printed book. Because as you say, you are reading. Notification comes in. You check WhatsApp. Before you know it, a link directs you to Instagram. You scroll, 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 scroll. Before you know it, it's three hours. Ah, you just say, I will continue tomorrow. You see, the moment you lose that battle, you are going to keep losing it. So one of the things you need to do is make up your mind. Make up your Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, things don't just happen. If you see things happening in people's life, it didn't just happen. That's why I said a quantum leap is a byproduct of things, principles, practical steps that is unknown to most people. The fact that you don't see, you heard her say things like, you know, the person she was, uh, the church where they were above. The woman came to her and said, "What are you doing?" He like said, "She's not doing anything. You're actually doing something. It's something." You know, but when people ask us, what are we doing in this part of the world? What comes to our mind is maybe you went to one baba, they gave you a jazz. Or you are doing something. A man or a woman investing and reinvesting in him or herself is doing something. Right? Reading is doing something. Cultivating strategic alliances is doing something. Hmm. So what do you want to express a quantum leap? Why? Why? It's very important. And you need to clarify that. Maybe you should write that down and think about it when you get home. But two things that must be in your motive. Number one is the kingdom. And number two is to be a blessing. Because the higher you rise, the more the resources that will come to you. That's just the truth. That's the way life works. The greater your success, right, the more the resources at your disposal. So the very first thing you need to clarify before you begin to express some dimension of success in life is, why do I want to experience this? Why do I want to have this? Why? Why? Because you see, if you don't clarify it, you might begin to take steps that will be like that of a man that has run mad. What do I mean by that? When you get to a point, you don't have clarity of motives. And you have, all of a sudden, you just have $50 million in your account. The first thing that will, you, can, you can get to the shopping mall and just begin to behave like a mad person. In the sense that you begin to buy things you don't need. But something just tells you now, your spirit is now driving you, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. You see, if the first thing you think of doing is buying something, when new money comes into your hand, you are still a child. Because when you give a child money, the very very first thing children tell their parents is, Mommy, I want to buy biscuits. So if the very first thing that comes to your mind when money comes into your hand is what to buy, you are a child, and you will never go far down. Praise the Lord. You are used to me now. I'm not a diplomatic person. (laughs) Praise God. Repositioning for a quantum leap requires number one. Or maybe I should just put it this way. Reposition for, repositioning for a quantum leap is a byproduct of personal responsibility. It's a byproduct of personal responsibility. That is, the things you need to do to experience a quantum leap is what nobody can do for you. People can tell you what to do, but they can't do it for you. Imagine First Lady and I now want to write an examination, and First Lady is reading. I'm not reading. Even if I augur through osmosis, what she has learned cannot be transferred to me. It can't. The problem with the average person, especially in this part of the world, is this idea of collective success. There is nothing like that. So your uncle does well. Everybody now feels a sense of entitlement. That, he's my uncle. He's my uncle. You know, one question people get to ask one of our speakers that will be coming tomorrow, right, is... Anytime he mentions this, he says, ah, Are you related to Sheikh Bodegba? Me? He doesn't really like that. <laughs> you know, but he had to chart his own course. But I know people that one person succeeds in their lineage. They just say, Ah, yes, that's my uncle, that's my uncle. And their own life is going down the drain. But they are attaching their life to someone else's success. You see, let it get to a point in your life that the people around you that are successful they, they, are, they are not running away from you. Do you understand what I just said? Because, see, if the people around you are succeeding and you are not succeeding, over time, uh, it will be very difficult for you yourself, you will be ashamed to call them your friend. When you say it, even you you will be asking yourself, am I alright? Because even if you think it is okay, life will question you that, ah, you must not be alright to be calling someone like this, your friend. How many of us are parents, they see people and say, ah, we are classmates, we are classmates. You may be classmate, but you are not life lifeless. Because you can't even if you decide to go to the person's office. That doesn't mean you can assess that person. So it requires personal responsibility. It is not something someone can do for you. The second thing we need to understand about quantum leap is that it is buffered by vision. Buffered by vision. And she already mentioned something related to that. What do you see? What's that picture? It's buffered by vision. If you don't have the vision of a bed, you see, if you're already comfortable with where you are, You can never experience a quantum leap. You must see something bigger than where you are. What are you seeing? Thank God for where you are. And just like I've been telling us since the beginning of this year, for so many of us, you know, certain things have been happening in this house in the past couple of months. Mind-blowing things. But you see, whatever God has done up until now, is the least he plans to do. Because you can't tell me that God's best, God gave you his best in February and in March. And he just wants you to be looking in the remaining days of the year. God doesn't work like that. And I've shown us this scripture, it's in Revelation 22 and verse 2, that the Bible talks about the tree bearing fruit every month. It simply means as a believer, God wants something exceptional to proceed from your life on a monthly basis, not annual basis. Not to, can you see that? In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bear 12 manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. Did you see that? And the Bible calls us trees of righteousness. It simply means as a tree of righteousness, something different manner of fruit. It might be that in January is career fruit. In February is financial fruit. You know, in March, different manners of fruit every month. The Bible says you did fruit every month. So when the month is getting to the middle and something has not happened in your life, you should go into the place of prayers with a scripture like this, that God wears my fruit for this month. It's a personal responsibility thing. And let me tell you this, for those of us that are married, your spouse cannot even do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. (laughs) Repositioning for a quantum leap is driven by desperation. Driven by desperation. Driven by desperation. You must want more. The money you are not making, someone else is making it. The houses you have refused to buy, someone else is buying it. The properties you are not acquiring, someone is acquiring it. (laughs) Am I making sense tonight? It requires desperation. And I've debunked this mindset for us, this mindset of when people talk about Jabez, that Jabez's life was so bad, it was so horrible, and one day Jabez went into the place of prayer, and he now said, God changed my life. God now blessed him. How many of us have had that before? And we believed it, because we didn't read the Bible ourselves. You see, Jabez was a successful guy. The first thing the Bible tells us about Jabez was that he was more honorable than his brethren. But Jabez was not satisfied. You see, because the fact that you are successful among your brethren does not mean you are successful in your city. Many of us we judge our success by the success of the people within our immediate environment. The fact that you are successful in your city does not mean when it comes to a global scale you are successful. And that's why when you think that the money in your hand is so much, why don't you convert it to dollars? Because that's how they measure the wealth in the global wealth. So that money that now, you have 10 million naira in your account. Your shoulders are not so big. Nobody can talk to you anymore. Convert it and realize how broke you are. You are just starting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are just starting. You are just starting. So a quantum leap requires dissatisfaction. You see, that's why I said the motive has to be clarified. When I said dissatisfaction, not for accusation. But you see, the more you have, the more you achieve, the more you can be a blessing to others, the more you can help people. A man that is not taking care of himself cannot take care of somebody else. The way of a naked man that wants to give you his shirt. You didn't get that. You will get it in the message. Repositioning for a quantum leap hmm, requires a bias for action. A bias for action. It by for action. That is, if you are going to experience a quantum leap, you must consistently be in motion. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man, they are ordered by the Lord, not the sitting down. The steps. It simply means you are in motion. It is when you are in motion that God directs you. Isaiah 13 verse 21, it says you will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walking it, when you turn to the left and when you turn to the right. It simply means you are already in motion. You are taking steps. Then the Holy Spirit will say, no, don't go that way. Go this way. You remember the story of Paul, the apostle. The Bible says that he wanted to to go to Asia. And the spirit said, no, don't go there. He wanted to go to Bithynia. And he says, don't go there. And in the night he slept and he had the dream and somebody from Macedonia, right, said, come to us in Macedonia. And he went there. It simply means he was already taking steps. He wanted to go to certain places. God leads us in motion. What many people have been taught for years is that if you want to know the will of God, lock yourself up somewhere and pray for this. God will now speak to you. My son, my son, I have called thee to the nations. It doesn't work like that. It's lazy people got up to. You see, if God has to speak to you in a spectacular way, number one, is it that you are stubborn? Number two, you are deaf of hearing. The people God spoke to like that, go check out their life. Apostle Paul, God had to call him in a spectacular way because he was so stubborn. He was moving against what he was supposed to be building. So if God has to talk to you in a spectacular way, check your life. Something is wrong. But you know, that's what many people look for as believers. It says, Something told me. It's not something, it's someone. It's called the Holy Spirit and it's a person, it's not a thing. It's a person, it's not a thing. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Areas where you must reposition for a quantum leap. Number one is mental repositioning. Mental repositioning. This is where it starts from. If you don't get it in your mind, you cannot realize it in your life. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. It says, As the man thinks in his heart, so is he. Philemon 1 and verse 4. The day I came across the scripture, he blessed me. It says, Without your mind will I do nothing. Without your mind. Without your mind, Philemon 1 and verse 14. Without your mind, it simply means that even God is saying that except your mind agrees with certain things, it will not happen in your life. You see, the fact that somebody is praying so passionately does not mean that something is they are agreeing with something in their mind. Haven't you seen people pray, pray, pray? You know, we pray a lot in this house. I hope you know, so I'm not against prayer. <laughs> You know, right now, in case you are not even aware, you know, we pray now every day, 12 midnight and during the day. Uh So, in case you think I don't believe in prayer, that this pastor does not pray, really. Come and live with me, you will understand that I pray. But I understand that prayer is only a part of the equation. It's only a part of the equation. It's only a part of the equation. You can't just say, I'm praying and I'm doing nothing. But the Bible is making us to understand that even though you are praying, you must also work on your mind. It must also work on your mind. Mental repositioning is the foundation of all repositioning, especially when it comes to a quantum leap. What you believe is what you become. What you expect is what you experience. So the question is, do you expect a quantum leap? Do you expect a quantum leap? Proverbs 23 and verse 18, the Bible says, Surely there is an end and your expectation will not be cut off. You know, what we even call faith. You know, faith is simply an operation of the mind. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. You see, faith and fear, they are magnetic in nature. They are opposite sides of a coin. Faith attracts God's power into your life. Fear attracts into your life the potentials of the devil. You see, the Bible tells us in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2, that there was a man by the name of Job who was very close to God. He had a relationship with God and he lost everything. And in chapter 1, when he lost everything, Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. (laughs) You know, if you take scripture out of context and if you don't read further down, you will actually think Job was right. But that was a man speaking from pain. But when you get further down, when you read further down, with Job 3 and verse 25, media, if you can help us very fast. Job 3 and verse 25, you will now see why you lost everything. It wasn't even because the devil showed up, it was because of this. It says, For the thing which I greatly fear is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. It simply means, even though Job was very wealthy, there were times he would look at everything and say, Ha, ah, what if I lose all these things one day? Ha, ah, what if my children die? Ha, ah, what if this happens? The fear was already there. And that was why the devil could walk up to God and say, you know what? You are the one who is God, in God's sense. You are, even, you are doing beyond what you are supposed to do. This guy has created, you know, you created a hedge around him. But by law, the fear, it gives me a right into his life. And that's why God said, you know what? The only thing you must not touch is his life. You have the right to touch anything. Why? Because Job gave the devil access through fear. True fear. And what is fear? Fear is simply expectation. Expectation of what the devil can do. What is faith? Faith is the expectation of what God can do. It's as simple as that. You see, don't complicate faith. Don't complicate it. Faith is simply expecting what only God can do. Fear is also expecting what the devil can do. That's why, if you see someone and if you don't have the faith that's so strong, or you don't have, you know, you're not spiritually mature enough, you see somebody wearing so many gadgets. <laughs> I said gadgets. <laughs> that's the way I see it. You see, there may be calabash here and totu, something. And I was like, ah, that man is powerful. Though. If he slaps me like this, I can turn into chicken. It's expectations. Because let me tell you this if those guys were not powerful, why is it that when the white man came to colonize us, they could not judge them? And they were carrying their people into ships. It's expectation. Something you don't believe in cannot work against you. It's expectation. But the moment you believe, ah, it can harm me if they touch you like this. You know? <laughs> but if you don't expect that it can hurt you, it's not going to hurt you. So what do you expect? Some people are looking at me like, ah, oh, pastor, it's not as simple as that. Too. <laughs> That's why I say it depends on your level of spiritual maturity. I remember, I think it was here on Sunday, you know, we were traveling. We were we coming out, and that's why I said gadget. And we saw the, ah, you know, with some of our friends. I know we're coming out, we're about to, you know, go to the car. We just saw this guy ah, wearing all these, ah, I'm like this kind of guy should not be here. I was just like, this guy is confident too. What is he doing in this kind of environment? It was later we find out. I don't want to say that because we are streaming online. Right, I've just found out. Oh, he came with. Oh, we now discovered. Oh, whatever, you see. But if it were years ago, I would have been, hey, look at this man. Hey. But I just saw him as another. As far as I'm concerned. He was just wearing a costume. I'm serious, as far as I was concerned. But the average person, if they see that, eh? because I saw the staff there, they comported. Like hey, hey, this guy. If fact, normally the guy went to sit in a place that if you are just walking into to write this thing, you cannot just go and sit there. And nobody walked up to him and said, Sir, you can't sit here. Because of <laughs> I was just like, if I were to stop there, I will go and tell him, sir, this place is not meant for you. Go and sit there. But because of the amateur, they know they can't try, because the guy just said, Keep quiet. They can stay quiet forever. <laughs> Praise God. The question is what do you expect? What do you expect? You see, that's the foundation of the quantum leap. It must align in your mind. You must, you see, the moment something you see something and you consider it too big for you, it will never be real in your life. That's why when you realize that God wants to take you to a place, one of the things you must begin to do is to expose yourself to environments where those things are normal. Because until it becomes normal in your life, in your mind, it will not become normal in your life. It will not become normal in your life. So there are places you just need to go. Just you know, the first time it will shock you. Oh shock no back <laughs> The second time it will still ah, it will get to a point. It will, so when you get exposed to that kind of environment so much, and you get back to your own normal, there will be a discomfort because a gap would have been created between where you are and where you are supposed to be. That's why they will tell you one of the greatest investments you can make in your life is traveling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You might not like it, but it's the truth. Sometimes, ah, no, ah, I don't have money. At times, you might need to look for the money. You will change. Because the moment you just come back, that like, ah, you call a lay, you. Know? <laughs> Something you just say, uh, ah, no, things that like, Even if you can't change the nation, you, mu- you will know that you must change your immediate environment. <laughs> Remember, you know, and I've had a lot of people say, ah, the Gateway Church, they are very rich in that church. Oh, eh? They are very rich. Because of the way we do things. Because, in fact, the way I do things is still substandard to what I'm saying. I can't even afford to do less because of the people I associate with. My mentors can't call me and my pastor and say less. They will be disappointed. It's about excuses. And all those things, there's a way it helps your mind. It helps your... So, when others are thinking so substandard, you'll be wondering, Why are they thinking like this? You know, there are some people in this Lagos uh, that have never been to the island. You will be amazed. If you are here, you have not entered an airplane before. Save money and go to Abuja before the end of the year. Have that experience. Just enter one. It will break a limitation in your mind. Let me tell you, this one thing we are talking about. is not so, it's so easy. It is, it is practical. It is practical. do say, eh, fly, return. I will just go. Come like that. 70,000. I will take nice bus. What you will see in an airplane, you will not see it in bush. As men, they are on the way now. We be carrying you. <laughs> but let me tell you this: it will help your mind. Am I making sense? I we say, eh, business class. is it not the same time we get to where they are going? The way they will treat you in first class is very the way they treat economy class. Have that experience. Oh, boss, I see I'm speaking over your head. I'm not speaking to you now. I'm speaking to your future. you hear what I'm saying. Ephesians 3, verse 20, the Bible says now unto him that is able to exceedingly, and exceeding and abundantly, and above all, no sorry, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to his power that works in us. You can see two things mentioned there, ask or think. It simply means your thinking is as powerful as your action. Your thinking, many of us ask, we don't think. So we are asking God, this is my year of enlargement. But you're thinking, can I really enlarge? The law of mathematics says plus times minus is what? Is minus. So you have prayed for hours. 21 days fasting and prayer in January. But your thinking is negative. What you are simply doing is you have, through the law of mathematics, you have cancelled everything you have prayed about. Your attention goes a long way. Mental repositioning. Mental repositioning. That's where it starts from. So have a productivity mindset. As opposed to activity mindset. Some of the mindsets, I can't really go into that because of time. Let me just rush. Number two is social repositioning. Hmm. Social repositioning. Social repositioning. Proverbs 13 and verse 20. The Bible says, He that walks with the wise will be wise. But a companion of fools will be what? Destroyed. Those who walk with wise men will be wise. Hmm. You see, don't build relationships based on emotions and comfort. What do I mean by comfort? Some of us, the only friends we have are people from our tribe because you can speak your language. Mrs. Ungozi is my friend. She's not Yoruba. As you can even hear from her name. As you can Yeah, Is it Ata? Ata. So I pronounce I want to She's not even Yoruba. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us, all your friends, because you are Yoruba, all your friends are Yorubas because of gossip. It will be, it will be more interesting that way. Some of us, the only friends you have are the people living two streets maximum away from you. People that when we come back from work or from school, you can easily go there. Colleagues, pepper, sugar. (laughs) You see, don't build relationships based on emotions and comfort. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't build relationships based on nearness. There are some, you see, the relationships that will even advance your life and reposition you for a quantum leap are relationships you will need to pay for. When I mean pay, not necessarily in monetary terms, but relationships that will cost you. Because many of the relationships that will enable you to experience a quantum leap are not relationships that are readily available. Am I making sense this evening? Especially if you know you have not even made quantum. Not to talk of leap. Ah? (laughs) You see... You are the one looking for something. If you have not experienced any level of progress and lifting in life. So when you want to make contact with people that are already up there. Don't think that they are just waiting. They are so jobless. They are waiting with open arms like the father of the prodigal son. They don't know you. Am I making sense? But you see the second step to quantum leap is social repositioning. There are relationships that when you have, it makes rising in life easier. And there are relationships that if, you have, if all your friends are struggling, you will live a struggler for the rest of your life. Am I making sense? Many of us cultivate relationships based on sentiment. Even the Yoruba proverb says, 20 children are not supposed to be praying for 20 years. They should not. If they are, something is wrong. It simply means all of them have refused to leave the village. This year, chewing stick, playing draft early in the morning. you know it was the cousin of amnon how many of us know amnon in the bible amnon how many of us have told that the story a couple of times you see how many of us know solomon everybody knows solomon but you see it wasn't solomon we are supposed to know is amnon amnon was the first son of david he was supposed to be king after david but you know what destroyed his life his friend who was also his cousin by the name of jonadab it was jonadab one day you know which is something that can happen to you know because in their time and during their era, you know, were, because you look at someone like Abraham, Abraham, you know, let me just leave that. There's no point. That's not a topic of discussion tonight. All right. So, Jonadab told him, because he began to develop affection for his old sister, he said, what is it? You are the crown prince now. You should be able to get anything you want. Just pretend. He gave him the strategy of how to rape his sister. But he don't give him the strategy of how to protect himself after the rape. Because the Bible says when he did that, Absalom being the sister, um, the brother of Tamar, the Bible says he said nothing for two years. But he was cooking up the land for his mother. And the day he died, and David thought they had killed all the king's son. It was that same Jonah that, that told the king, calm down. He's only I'm not the king. This can't be all the king's son. Have you forgotten what he did two years ago? The same cousin and friend. So let me tell you this: the fact that some people are your cousin does not even mean you should have close relationships with them. Don't make relationships based on blood ties. The blood of Jesus is stronger than the blood of humans. At times, it's better to connect more with the people you meet in Christ than the people you grew up together. You haven't, you haven't read it in the Bible where the Bible says the enemies of a man's, uh, the, uh, a man's household are his enemies or something like that. There's a scripture like that. Social repositioning very critical. You want to experience a quantum leap, you have to be strategic in your relationships. There are people in life that are going to be against you. There are people that will be with you and there are people that will be for you. Everybody you meet in life, they fall into either of these three categories. They are either against you, they are either with you, or they are either for you. What does that mean? The people against you, that's not difficult to understand. The people with you are the ones that are very difficult for people to understand. These are people that are around you for the time being. Because of what you're doing, right? They believe that associating with you will take them far. And it's not that they are bad people because you too, there are people in whose life you are simply because of where you believe they will take you. But the fourth categories of people are the people that are for you. That, (laughs) you see, this one is a double edged sword and I'm going to explain what I mean by that. The people that are for you, whether you are right or you are wrong, whether you are failing or succeeding, they are there for you. The dangerous part is that these relationships, except if it's with people who also have a right mind, it can keep you on the same spot. Because even if you are not making progress, they will still love you. Even if it, that's why a mentoring relationship is one of the most strategic relationships you can ever have, because your mentor does not love you for who you are; he loves you for where you are supposed to get to. When I'm with my mentor, sometimes I don't smile out after the meeting. I just I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You see, a mentor that talks to you and all the time you are shining your teeth is not a mentor. Uh, he's not a mentor. Sometimes people come to me and say, I want you to mentor me. I know they don't know what they are talking about. Especially for somebody like me. You know, Some people are naturally diplomatic. Me, I'm naturally direct. I don't know how to go like this. I tell you straight. <laughs> because that's the way I was raised. That's the way I was trained. My pastor doesn't look at me and say, "Okay, look like the way you are behaving, you are stupid. He's Aki, you are stupid. It's not, it looks as if it's not looking like it. you're already behaving in a stupid way. And so, if you can't hear that, I can mentor you. And you see, it has helped me. It has helped me. You know, some people, I, I, that's why one of the things that I, I can't stand is stagnation and failure. Ah, I can't stand for things to just. Ah. Because I know the kind of people I must report to. Then we asked me, so what, I remember, I think it was in January when we went to this. Area. He said, So what's the plan for the year now? What are you doing now? Told, you know, I thought it wasn't going to We're already leaving after two hours of GC. And so he threw the question at an unguarded moment. You know, there are times when you know this question will come, so you have already packed it when he says this, I will say that. that was a, he just threw the questions, pa, pa, one after the other. If I didn't have the answer, that's it. And I trust my pastor; he will give it to you straight. <laughs> I remember, there was a time he told me, "He said the reason why I'm relating with you this way now is because of your wife, because you are now married." In fact, when I want to spend time with me, with him very well, I say, I let me, let's go together. Let's go." Because <laughs> if I got married, ah, 30 minutes maximum. Whatever well, I got married, I ah, obey truth. When you find a good wife, you obtain favor, not only from the Lord, from the rising right so, if you notice that after you got married, you are losing favor with the right people, check it out. Go and do deliverance for yourself and your wife. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> or maybe for your husband or vice versa. But please pay attention to this social repositioning. One of these, I think it was last year or late 2019 when the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture. I've been reading the Bible for years. But God told me, you know, and when the Holy Spirit tells me something, I know and when, you know, the Holy Spirit just told me he said, do you know Jesus would have been buried like a normal criminal if not for relationships Joseph of Arimathea the Bible says he went to Pilate the Bible says he was one of the disciples of Jesus but during the earthly ministry of Jesus there was never any mention of his name but he was so close to Jesus that the Bible says he did not beg for the body of Jesus he demanded it simply means he was in governance and he had power the Bible says the Pilate even say, ah, "Is he dead?" Even Pilate did not know Jesus was dead. And the Bible says he took his body, put it in a tomb, and sealed it. And sealed it. If not because of him, they would have just brought the body of Jesus. Because none—Peter, James, John—all of them—they did not think of where they would bury Jesus. Because they did not even want him to die. Because the day Jesus said, "I'm going to die," Peter said, "Never!" Jesus said, ah, "Get thee behind me, Satan." So they were not preparing for his burial. So there was no plan. It was a Joseph of Arimathea. Only God knows what Jesus had told that guy. That was not recorded. He already had that tomb. Because the guy wasn't planning to die. But the Bible says he already had that tomb. And he knew Jesus was going to be there. So let me tell you what that simply means. Is that even relationships you have. That should not be public. Did you get what I just said? If I have your relationship. you visit be someone selfie. Pa. Yeah, you can't go far. Let me tell you. Over time, they will not even tell you, but truly successful people are very private. There are people that want to get close to me. One of the things I do when people send me they want to get close to me is I go to their social media. I analyze you. Once I notice you are not a private person, you can never be close to me. Never. Ne- never. It is not possible. You, you can never be Because we tell you something, the whole world will hear. We go somewhere together, you pra- pra- are snapped. What's What was that? I'm telling you how to experience the quantum leap. Go and check it. Everyone that has experienced a quantum leap, everyone that is up there, you know it is what they want you to know about them that they reveal. But there are some people you even know the, children, the school their children are going to. If you want to kidnap them today and their entire family, it's very easy. Very easy. Hmm. So privacy I've been building for years. One nonsense rascal will now come and no, uh, so. so your relationships are very powerful. If you are going to experience a quantum leap. Pay attention to your social repositioning. Social repositioning or social positioning as it were. You look at Jonah. Jonah and the guys that were in the ship with him. The guys didn't do anything. But the fact that Jonah was on that ship means they would never get to their destination. The guy, Pablo says that those guys were praying. Everybody was calling on their God, but no prayer was answered. But the guy that knew was the source of the problem when they said, Cry out to your God, don't sleep He didn't pray because he knew. Hmm. I was having a conversation with a family friend of ours, you know, a couple of, you know, um, days ago. And this person was talking about the fact that, uh, about how they help someone. And they help that person, and their family just went into crisis and problems. It's not everybody you help. You know, she spoke about the Holy Spirit. Many of us people just come to her, can you just say, "Ah, why not, why not? Have you had the Holy Spirit? Just like, what is your habit? Let me tell you, some money you transfer to people, you transfer that money from your accounts, your account runs into crisis. That's just the truth. I'm not trying to scare you. This is a faith church. But you need to understand the way the world operates. And let me tell you, in case you think, ah, the pastor is just trying to sound Africa. In fact, the person it happened to, they did not happen in Africa. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you have to be, you have to be strong. There are people that they enter into your life and problem just enters. And just like Jesus, the disciples were in a crisis. The Bible says there was a storm. But Jesus entered into the boat and there was a calm. And there are people that when they enter your life, there will be a calm. Things will just be normal. There will just be peace. Pay attention to those things. You look at Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. The man reputed to be the wisest man before Christ. Because obviously he wasn't wise. A wise man. A truly wise man. We normally marry 100 wives. And 300 concubines. It will not be the Bible says that he built one temple for God once ago and built one thousand for all his wives. Because the moment you stop building for God, you start building for the devil. Is there wisdom in that? Aha. Uh-huh. So when people say Solomon is the wisest man, correct them before Christ. He's not the wisest man that ever lived. Jesus was the wisest man that ever lived. Unfortunately, he gave birth to his son that inherited his foolishness. Rehoboam. Because the Bible says the day the whole nation to him the cabinet. They said, you know what? Your father taxed us so much. But he has constructed everything he wants to build. Can you please reduce the taxes? And the wisdom of Solomon manifested for his short wife. He said, give me time. I will get back to you. Unfortunately, he went to his friends that have never been in governance. I've never led anything in their life. So what should I do? Say, ah, oh, they are trying to test you. Tell them that my father built you with whips I will build you with scorpions. He went to the people that counseled his father. They said, these people, if you listen to what they say, they will serve you for the rest of your life. Stupid guy. He got there, said what his friend said. How did they lose the kingdom? In one day, he lost in one day. What his father and grandfather built for 80 years? Why? Because of the people in his life. Don't think that the people in your life has no impact. They do. It is better to be alone than to be with the wrong people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number three is marketplace repositioning. There are seven things I want to talk about, but I'll just stop here tonight. Marketplace repositioning. Marketplace repositioning. Because you know you are going to spend more time at work more than you spend anywhere else. How many of us have observed that? <laughs> you know you even spend more time at work than the person you claim to love the most. Except we are working together. That's why. And it is I don't believe that there is any error in it because the first thing God gave man was work. And man does not mean male. Adam means mankind. Adam means mankind. So male and female should all be productive. We understand same get rid of this mindset, the African mindset, or this ideology of a man will take care of me. Are you what I'm saying? It's not by Blicker. A man is supposed to work and a woman is supposed to work. You cannot agree on that, okay, you will not walk. But to say, no, I must not walk because I'm a woman. In this age and time, <laughs> you will suffer out. That's what I just meant. Mm, praise the Lord. Marketplace repositioning. You see, because you cannot talk about a quantum leap without talking about your walk. Without talking about your walk. Without talking about your work. Okay, because if you're saying a quantum leap, in what? Often times your lifting will come through the work of your hands. And so you must know how to position yourself for a you quantum leap in the marketplace. Now do you do that? Number one, through diligence. Number one, through diligence. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 15. It says, the labor of the foolish man wearies everyone because he doesn't know how to go to the city. There is a way to make it in the city. The Bible already tells us that. It says, you see, the Bible tells us it's not that he's not laboring, the labor of a foolish man. He's laboring, he's working. But how to work is what he doesn't know. Because there is a way to work. Do you know the poorest people are one of the most hardest workers? Let's be honest. Someone sitting in the office with AC and somebody on the construction site carrying bricks, and who is working more? It's the man on site. But you say, life does not pay you according to what you are doing. It pays you to, for how you are doing it. It pays you for how you are doing it. That's one thing we all need to understand. The labor of the foolish man, it wearies everyone, including him. Because he doesn't know how to go to the city. So he went back to the village. <laughs> Praise God. Diligence. Diligence. A research I came across many years ago blessed me and never left my memory. I didn't write it down, but it stuck in my mind. They say, whatever you do in the week between 0 to 4 hours, we only produce a life of survival. A life of survival. Whatever you do between 40 to 60 hours in a week, you know, the average work hour week, work week is 40 hours. They say, but whatever you do between 40 to 60 hours, I can't even remember where I read it, but I read it when I was on campus many years ago. They said, whatever you do between 40 to 60 hours, we produce a life of success. But if you want to experience a quantum leap, a life of significance, it begins from 60 hours and above. That's why one of the things you notice about every successful person is that they have an office in their house. So, work does not stop when they leave work. Work continues, even when they get home. And you say, no, don't think work home. Think work home. See, as a single, one of the things you must check out is not whether, uh, as a man, don't just be checking the hips, lips, and fingertips. Huh? Are you hearing what I'm saying? As a woman, don't just be checking the bank account. Check work ethic. Work ethic. Someone that is always complaining about work, "Ah, this work is too much. This one is... uh, there is there's nothing wrong with the person, but they should marry their kind. If you have a strong work ethic, my wife has never complained that I work too much. And I have never complained she works too much. If, see, marry the kind of person that you are. So if you are lazy, marry a lazy person and enjoy your laziness together. Because let me tell you this, there is an amount of... You heard what the first speaker said, Mrs. Ngozi. She said that in 2020, they put in so much to the point of exhaustion. Let me tell you, if you have never walked to a point where you feel exhausted, you have not started walking. That's just the truth. Sometimes you will walk so much that you you will just feel... You you will know that, just like Jesus said, virtue will leave you. You will just know. If you have not gotten to that level... Now, you shouldn't stay at that level all the time because you are going to wear out your body. But there are times when you should experience that. it? How do you reposition yourself in the marketplace? Number two, through preparation. Through preparation. Through preparation. Joseph was prepared for the day of his visitation when his quantum leap came. He was prepared. (laughs) He was prepared. I'm still going to say something about that. He was prepared. Hmm. What if Joseph had showed up anyhow that day? What if? You see, let me just jump ahead of myself. Let me say this. There are two types of time. And I want you to write this down. We are taking notes. Number one is what is referred to as Kronos. Kronos is the time that we are all familiar with. The time of the day, it's 7pm, it's 8pm, that is chronos. The second time that most people are all familiar with is Kairos. Kairos simply means divine timing, or better still, an opportune moment. And the thing about a Kairos moment is that they don't come with announcements. It's always like a normal day. That's why many people miss it. It is in retrospect that you will realize. In fact, when a Kairos moment is taking place, you don't even know. It is in retrospect that you realize that was a Kairos moment. That was a Kairos moment. What do I mean by that? The day David got to the battlefield and he heard the voice of Goliath. The Bible never told us that God turned that from heaven. And he said, David, David, kill Goliath today. Oh, if you don't kill Goliath, it's finished. You can never get to the palace. He just realized, I can bring down this guy. That was his divine timing. That was his kairos. If he had lost it, he might never have gotten that opportunity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Same thing happened to Joseph. Joseph had the dream that he was going to become a world leader. The day he appeared before Pharaoh, God did not announce to him. Today is the day that you saw 13 years ago. God did not, but that was Kairos moment. If that moment, anyhow, he might never have realized and fulfilled the dream God gave him, even though the dream is valid. The reason why a lot of people die in hope and frustration is not that God is unfaithful, but it's because their kairos moment came and they did not recognize it. And the only way to take advantage of your kairos moment is to treat every day and every opportunity as if it's a kairos moment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So every day you show up. You show up. You show up. That's why there is... You see, when (laughs) when the gateway children were still in the old place, those who were part of us then knew, my passion has not reduced. When we were less than 10, when we were less than 5, the way I preached then is the way I'm preaching now. (laughs) Are you hearing what I'm saying? The way I preach, in fact, sometimes, you know, because I don't know why Lagos is like that, but less people come for midweek service. But we are going to change that narrative. In this house, it must change. It's one of my goals. Sunday service and Wednesday service should not be different. Service is service. That's why one of the things that I stopped at our midweek retreat service is coming to church casually, especially among the leaders. And workers is coming to you very soon. That is says, where day service just come? <laughs> it's just midweek. No! You are coming to meet with God, the most important personality in the whole universe. You never know when your opportunity will show up. It's a moment, So you must treat every moment right. If you are someone that talks, whether you are talking to two, whether you are talking to 20 or to 2,000 or 2 million, you prepare the same way because you never know. My pastor told me years ago, he said he had an opportunity to speak somewhere in South Africa. It was even a trip he didn't plan to go for. He just felt, you know what, let me just go relax. And he went to this trip and he had to speak somewhere. And while he was speaking, he didn't even know, you know. It was even in a small setting. After he spoke, a woman just walked up to him and said, I love everything you said. He said. And she just said, Anywhere you want to go to in the world, let me know. Anywhere. Anywhere you want to, just let me know. <laughs> Anywhere, any country. What he did not know, is, the woman was an ambassador or something like that, I can't even remember. And at that time, he was telling me, he said, the least number of years is how he has. Of any country that he wants to go, yes, but what if they are saying they are not even plenty here? The people in my church in Nigeria are even more than this, anyway. Today, I just open you no, know, listen to what I'm saying. Listen, if you like, listen, if you like, don't listen. I mean that I will soon go back now and go to correct people. If he had spoken anyhow, he didn't know who was sitting and listening. He said, In fact, if somebody had told him the woman was that powerful, he wouldn't have believed it because when we you know the way some people just make promises and they just people well, look at who is this one. Is that was what he first thought. That, who is this woman? So you never know when your opportunity is. So, preparation. Preparation. In the marketplace, your boss gives you a responsibility. Do it as if that job, that responsibility, is what will take you to your next level. You never know. There is always someone watching you who is capable of rewarding you. Always. And you never know who that person is. In fact, the person might not even be watching you consciously. That's the amazing thing. The person might just remember one day. That was what happened to Joseph in the prison. The baker and the butler had the relationship with him. Joseph never imagined that it was those guys that were going to recommend him. But he took an opportunity. That moment, in fact, the Kairos moment started from when he interpreted the dream of those guys. So those guys forgot. But the day they needed to remember, he came back to memory. I said, ah! There is a guy in prison. We left him there. We forgot him there. It's that guy that prophesied that was going to be how this was going to happen. Now it has happened. Preparation. Very critical. As I begin a round of competence. Competence. That's another way to position yourself in the marketplace. Competence. Competence. Be the best at whatever it is we are doing. Be the best. Be the best. Don't be a spiritual mediocre. (laughs) Don't hide your incompetence in speaking in tongues. Don't be so beautiful or so handsome. You can dress well, but you are a mediocre. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people can take care of their appearance. They can look so good. But when it comes to delivery, you'll be wondering, ah, the gap is so wide. Let your delivery match your appearance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes when I want to, you know, Put out the clothes I'm going to wear for your service. I just tell myself, okay, you're dressing like this. Your delivery must match up. It's not like you now look good. You now be saying, "Nonsense." <laughs> That's how I talk to myself. Many people are not honest with themselves. They don't have conversations with themselves. Be competent. Because whatever it is you are doing, look for ways to consistently improve on it. Be competent. Next, develop a lifestyle of excellence. A lifestyle of excellence. That's how to reposition yourself in the marketplace. This is still on that marketplace repositioning. Excellence, excellence. Proverbs 31 and verse 29. It says, Many daughters have done well, but you excel, excel them all. You excel them all. What does that mean? You were above every other person in delivery, in performance. What is excellence? It's doing more than what is required of you. It is placing upon yourself a higher standard. It is going beyond the call of duty. It is creating something of a global standard. Can you create something in Nigeria and they can ship it like the African soap to Turkey? Or if you get to the airport and say, what is this? They send you back. No, no, this can enter our country. You know, it's not every country that is like your country that everything enters. They have quality control. That's what is called Excellence. One of the things I told myself years ago when the Gateway Church was going to start, you see, was one of our core values, right? That the Holy Spirit inspired was excellence, or still is excellence. One of the things I told myself is when I preach a message, anybody in the world should be able to hear it and know that they've had something. You know, there are some people, they are only relevant to the Nigerian audience. That's just the truth. There are some preachers that their message cannot be exported, it's only relevant to Africa. And India cannot hear it. They don't understand what you are saying. Because they are only speaking. And some people, it's not only to Africans, not even only to Nigeria. It's to tribe. You know, there are some places, that's why in the gateway, that's why one of the things we had to talk. You can't, in actually, if for instance, if you paid attention, you notice that you can't sing a Yoruba song and sing a Yoruba, ah, What's wrong with you? This is not a Yoruba church. If you sing one tribal song, you must sing another tribe next to it. So if you sing Yoruba, the next one must be Igbo. Or just sing English throughout the service. Because you can't just... You know there are places you step in. And you say, ah, no, this is an Igbo church. As a Yoruba man, you just know you can't fit in here. And there are places you get ah, this is a Yoruba church. You, know, in fact, you hear the ushers as they are talking to themselves. You hear the ushers, as they are talking to themselves. And somebody that does not hear the language is just entering the church for the first time. And they are wondering, ah. This is a Yoruba church. The pastor might even be speaking Queens English. But every other person has destroyed the culture of the church. Excellence. Excellence. Whatever it is you are doing, ask yourself, can this be exported? Can it be? And you see, today you are exporting things you just don't know. Social media is a form of export. When people see, go and check the people following you. If there are all the people, you know, you know <laughs> I think it's social media or Facebook. They say, your contacts. You now bring those people, maybe the people you went to school together, that you should follow them. If all the people you are following and that are following you are people that you knew in your past, you are not prepared for the future. That's just the truth. That's just the truth.